0: Coming up on Chase and Natty, PrizePix has released their CFB futures bets, and we're going to go through as many as we can with you guys and let you know which way we're leaning on each of those. In addition, at the very end of it, Brandon and I are going to each give you a five-pick flex play that we ourselves are putting money on that maybe you can put some money on as well. All this and more coming right after this. Debbie, looking to Jared Sturges, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Treyvon Anderson, as advertised, touchdown Buckeyes. This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chase and Natty Podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this Monday morning. Really glad you guys could tune in and listen to us. We got a, I would say a relatively spur of the moment show for you guys this week. Uh, I'll I'll get into the backstory of what we originally were going to do with this show. Uh, And then what we're doing now, obviously you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking some prize picks, futures bets today. Uh, but in order to help us out with that, we have Mr. Brandon T. Sanders, host of the uh, Future Freshman podcast, as well as host of the CFFU University podcast, and maybe a third show that we'll be teasing for you guys coming up here relatively soon. But Brandon, until then, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be here. Uh it's been pretty fun. I've had a fun week of uh, being on different shows and podcasts. I'm glad to be on my home away from home here at Chasing the Natty again. It's always a pleasure to be on and joining you as well. I'm excited to talk about some prize picks and deciding you know, to help you guys out, maybe uh, make a decision or two on who you want to take on your five players and who we can you know, make some easy money on as we head into the season. So I'm super excited to be here, man.
0: Yeah, again, dude, you've been you've been killing it with all the different shows you've been on this week. Like you've been on a Broncos podcast. Yep. um, you were on uh, Devi Debate earlier this week as well. Is there any more yep. of them kind of missing?
1: Yeah, uh, I uh, starting to, uh, you know us being a CFF, we know the players in college. So uh, there's a CFL podcast coming out where we have some guys from the CFF past, So guys like nice. Hakeem Butler and Jamie Newman that are in CFL. So I'll be joining those guys and showing them you know what their production was like and I've converted a lot of their points from the uh, CFF to CFL and their scoring system and how they can help out their favorite teams and so I get to learn about some CFL rules I get to talk to them about the difference between that and American rules so it should be a good time I'm, I'm excited to learn about the CFL space and their fantasy community it seems like it's uh, growing just as much as our college fantasy community so I'm pretty stoked to be on and, and merge the two so that'll be
0: fun. Oh yeah, we love our Canadians here in the CFF space, and I'm sure that they would gladly show us the CFL space as well. So again, before we really get into the today's show, I do kind of want to describe the background of like what happened with this show. So the the idea for this show started earlier this week when I, it, when Mike Bainbridge was complaining about the fact that he didn't have any college football bets to bet on. And he was like kind of being driven crazy. And so I just dropped in his reply. I said, All right, I'm just going to make some up for you here just so you can scratch that itch. And I think I did Blake Coram. Uh, I did mm. like, I did somebody else like passing or something. I can't remember who I did off the top of my head. I probably should have that tweet pulled up and everything. So, but the original idea for this podcast was that Brandon and I were going to come on here. We were going to make up futures bets on like how we think players will do for the season. But then prize picks just kind of out of nowhere just dropped in their Discord that they were going to have these out by this weekend and then all of a sudden they were out yesterday. And yep. so if you weren't like watching the CFF space this past weekend, we were all over it, jumping up and down on some of these players. Uh, man, if, if you guys know anything about betting prize picks, and DraftKings for this as well, a lot of times they're in, when they initially release lines... They mess up. And they'll mm. put some guys way too low, way too high, and they'll have to adjust. And a lot of times, you'll have to get on them early in order to take advantage. But there's still some guys out here today that are very much on the what-are-we-doing-here price picks in terms of their lines. And so we'll talk about all those here with you guys today. We're going to cover the passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards. We're going to try to cover as many of them as we possibly can uh, within... reasonable time frame and everything i'll kind of gauge as we go on some of these guys it'll probably take us like 30 seconds to cover and we'll (laughs) just we'll describe whether or not we'll we're um leaning over under we're going to give you an over under on each of them like which way we are leading i'll also let you know if i think it's like that sounds about right i would stay away from this one so trying to think anything else here yeah with that, that pretty much lays out our show for today. Let's go ahead and get into some announcements and housekeeping for you guys. And so, first of all, gotta do my spiel. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, if you're watching, if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you are following us wherever you are. Make sure you leave any kind of five-star reviews. Again, I love reading your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts specifically. I also enjoy seeing the little five-star review number kind of tick up on Spotify anytime that I'm on there. Really appreciate you guys. It's free. It doesn't take very long. And again, I say five-star review. But if you want to leave a four-star review and give me some constructive criticism on how to make the show better, that's awesome. I want to hear constructive criticism back from you guys. So keep it up with that kind of stuff. If you are, um, we are part of the CFF team here at Campus of Canton. It is myself, the aforementioned Mr. Brandon T. Sanders. You have Nick Marquise and Chris Moxley as well. Uh, Recently, we have just added our own college football uh, DFS team. That is Mr. Chris K. and Ethan Sowers. They will be running the DFS content for us this upcoming season. They're going to be absolutely incredible for you guys. Uh, but in addition to that DFS content, we got podcasts, we got articles, we got rankings, we got CFF ADP, we got CFF tools, stuff for you guys to play around with on the website, uh, different metrics and stuff like that. Check it all out. Become a member on campus of Canton today. Um, if you want just the lowest tier, it is um, that is the walk on tier. I believe thats two ninety nine a month, if I remember correctly, Brandon. And you tend to remember this stuff better than uh- I do.
1: I think so. Yeah, two ninety nine a month is low as so. that's perfect to hop on in. Uh, I really feel like you should do the nil though. That's the, That's where the uh, the savings are at.
0: Oh, the the yearly nil deal, The yearly nil tier is the gold standard in my opinion. Yeah, it's like it's the top tier. But you get access to all three of the guys that Campus Camp puts out every year, which is a twenty dollars value each. So with that eighty dollars you spend with the yearly nil membership. 60 of it is already brought back to you by just having access to all three of those guides, guaranteed. And that leaves $20 over to literally have access to everything on the site, which is a better deal than a yearly walk-on subscription. It's a no-brainer, in my opinion. So I agree with you 100%, Brandon. If you're really wanting to get into it, yearly NIL is the way to go. But if you just want to dip your toe in, it's also as low as $3.99 a month. Um, in addition to that, speaking of the guides check out the CFF guide. Awesome stuff there. I would say it is one of the things I have been the most proud of working on here at Campus of Canton Road, since I've gotten into the CFF space. uh, It is a 231 page guide, has team breakdowns for all 131 FBS teams, has player profiles for 36 quarterbacks, 48 running backs, 60 wide receivers, and 24 tight ends. We list their ADP, their ECR, their height, their weight. All that good stuff. Each one of them's got a little blurb to tell you what we expect out of them this upcoming season. But if you want to go even deeper than that, we have rankings listed there. We have rankings for 60 quarterbacks, 72 running backs, 84 wide receivers, and 48 tight ends. You also get Nate Marquise's freshman 50 player profiles. These are 50 freshmen that we think have a great shot at getting some production and a a role in their offenses in year one. So if you're in, like, a Dynasty League and everything, that page is all that kind of stuff that you want for that. And then we also have a sample draft that is made up entirely of our June ADP. Um, And then we have... uh, Last, we have a section that is um, different team and coaching analytics. Uh, Some of it is just looking at different systems, which players are benefit the most out of each system. But also, we take a little deep dive into some of these coaches that have transferred to to new destinations and how they might... Uh, affect their new schools. And one more thing is something I want to clarify with everyone is that in af- like the beginning of August, I will be updating the CFF guide, the rankings, the ADP, all that jazz so that you have the most up-to-date information regarding those kind of statistics coming in to the season. So, And that includes the mock draft as well. Again, the last one we did was based on June ADP. This new one will be based on July ADP. So, Brandon, uh, you've had a chance to uh, look at the CFF guide. What would you say is your favorite part of the CFF guide?
1: So my favorite thing is being able to compare and contrast. One, the graphics are absolutely outstanding. Uh, so it's easy to read and easy to kind of see where it's going as well. My favorite thing is taking, you know, our, our favorite guys, like the feel steel guys of the world, and looking at the CFF guide and looking at the predictor tools and all the tools you can get at campus which I highly recommend for everybody, uh, and putting those together in like a – not like a formula, but in and as a strategy. So then when you go into redraft season, which is coming up, if you haven't already seen a lot of redrafts, I'm sure that's booming. And we have conference uh, you know, play and stuff like that that people are getting in there. Still best balls are cranking up. So it's this is the perfect thing as well. And this also can help you when it comes to things like price picks, which we'll talk about and who you can see uh, easily partaking in these prize props and being able to go over or under just simply by reading the guide. I know uh, we'll talk about it, but Mr. Chris Moxley was able to do a video for Kips Kent, and he used a lot of the statistics from the CFF guy to formulate his five picks. So this is perfect. And I think you guys should go get it. Even if you're paying for the 20 or you got the NIL, I think either way, it's great value and it's a must have. And I'm super excited to see it uh, be updated. So then I can check that out and just kind of see as the ADP rises and falls because I'm just curious when it comes to stuff like that. So I'm I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you for the reendorsement, Brandon. I've given my spiel. You got a spiel that you need to give here, though, Mr. Uh, Brandon Sanders, because in addition to like this show just kind of coming out of us playing around with the idea of Futures Best this past week, um, we you, ha- sir, have made an announcement recently regarding a new show that will be coming to Campus of Canton this fall. So why don't you tell the people about it?
1: Sure. So of course, uh, we have come up with the Bet on C2C podcast. This is actually going to replace the CFFU podcast. We'll, we'll miss its inception, but the CFU podcast budded this type of podcast. So you remember last year, if those that watched or you know listened into the CFFB podcast, we had campus picks that is returning, and that is going to be what we're talking about today, which is prize picks. So if you're looking for a favorite over or under and trying to make those plays, that's perfect for you. But here's the difference. Now I've added those of Chris K and Ethan Sowers, our DFS team, and I'm putting them to work. So we're going to be a trio. We're going to have guests starting in week one all the way through conference championships. So you're not going to be by yourself. You're going to have almost four different options from those weeks to choose from, uh, and that's going to help you with guys like DraftKings, who's a who's an optimal player that you could put in there, who's a sneaky good pick that you could put in FanDuel, those type of players that you have. And not to mention, we are going to do DK Sportsbook, so if you're a guy that likes the over and under, and you like to run the spread, you're to make a little paper there, um, you know we have that option so you're going to get all of those different concepts all in one show so you know the brightest minds in the business there in the cff world and the dfs world kind of come together um so i'm super excited it's going to be something that during the season will i think should be a must listen and uh i think uh people are really going to love it so i'm excited to get started and we're going to be doing it in week zero so we don't have very much longer to go
0: i'm very excited if you are interested in making money whatsoever you need to be listening to this new podcast when it comes out again between Brandon between Chris between Ethan that's three extremely smart dudes who know what they are doing when it comes to this stuff absolutely give them a listen i'm sure that Brandon is doing a great job lining up a ton of guests um that are going to be equally as smart if not smarter and they i think they're going to be ab- it's going to be an absolute must listen i will definitely be listening every single week and definitely probably be throwing A little bit of money towards whatever these guys come up with each week so yeah i think that pretty much gets through all of our announcements and everything we're already 15 minutes in so might as well get rocking and rolling rocking and rolling on this uh (laughs) main portion here so again we're gonna prize picks has put out their futures bets uh, they have put it out for passing yards on the season, rushing yards on the season, and receiving yards on the season. One thing I think is incredibly important for people to know, and I don't know if other people have kind of been mentioning this. this is based off of a 12 game regular season. This will not count conference championships, bowl games, playoff games, championships, stuff like that. This is only like only weeks one through 13, the regular season. So, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started into these uh, quarterbacks. Because these quarterbacks are based on the passing yards. Again, we're going to go through each one of these. Uh, some of them will be quicker than others. Brandon will give our over or under on each one of these, how we kind of feel. And again, we're going to say over under on a lot of these. Some of these we're going to say we personally would stay away. We'll still pick an over or under. You will see which ones we are really feeling good about at the end of this show. So don't be going and picking every single one of these. You don't have to write it all down. <laughs> don't, don't write all of these down and everything, but we want to give you an idea of like how we're feeling about some of these players this is a good segue into really trying to figure out how we value some of these players. So let's start off with these three up top here. We got CJ Shroud. His current over under is 36, 32.5 passing yards. So Brandon, where are you on this one over or under?
1: So CJ Stroud had over four thousand yards last year. He had the the crazy trio that we saw. Honestly, the same is going to happen again. We just see a rotation of great wide receivers coming to Ohio State, and that's not even going to stop even the years past that. Yep. Uh, he's setting himself up for a Heisman season. I think he's got, he's in high contention along with Will Anderson over there in defense. Uh, I say it's an easy over for me. What what are your thoughts on CJ? I'm the same place. I think this
0: is a. I, I don't want to say it's as easy of an over as you're kind of making it sound and everything like that. But again, you're right. He threw for 4,000 yards last year. I have no reason not to expect him to do that again this year, except maybe the passing defenses in the Big Ten maybe get a little bit better. But even still, like, again, that's what Ohio State does. They have incredible receivers. trafion Henderson, yeah, he's there. They'll probably want to run the ball a little bit more with him. But even still, he's an incredible pass catching back, so they're going to utilize him through the air there. Boom, that's more passing yards for CJ Stroud. Ryan Day is known for keeping his starters in really late into the game, even if they're already blowing out their opponent, unlike some other coaches, (coughs) Kirby Smart. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely leaning over here with CJ Stroud. So next one here, Bryce Young, 3,681.5 passing yards, over or under on that one, Brandon? I'll start on this one. Sure. This is the Heisman returner, or like... Mm -hmm this is last year's Heisman winner who threw for 4,872 yards he would have to take a massive and I mean massive step back in order to um, in order to hit that again like even when you take out the SEC championship and everything like that he still threw over for 4,000 yards last year Bryce Young is going to be A-OK this year uh, I think he hits this over with relative ease, especially with Bama on their, quote, revenge tour this year, as if Bama mm. needs a reason to kick the crap out of every no. one of the teams they face.
1: No, but a motivated Alabama is a, a scary Alabama. And not to mention the the emergence of well, we get Jermaine Burton, we get Tyler Harrell. So I think Alabama is in very good contention. I think Bryce Young, again, will compete for the Heisman. And, and C.J. Stroud and him will battle as far as the two quarterbacks. So definitely agree there, an easy over for me for for Bryce Young.
0: I can definitely agree there. So next one here, Will Rogers, over under 4,600.5 yards. Never change, Mike Leach. Never change. Never, never change, never leave. Brandon, uh, we we had a good discussion
1: in, in the DMs. Uh, you know, we had a discussion. You personally are, are out. It's a little bit too close to comfort for you as well. We'll go with Will Rogers had 4,739 yards. Of course, like I said, a Leach offense, right? Uh, not much has changed in, in the offense, I would say, as far as that one. They have some returning wide receivers that are very comfortable. Uh, Will Rogers is a, just a guy that knows how to air the ball out when he needs to. I think it's a repeat of the same production. I think he can get over the 4,600 as he went 4,700. I, I honestly see Will Rogers at 4,800, if I'm being very honest. I know that's a bold prediction, but I think he can get it done. So for me, it's an over, but I, I, I'm thinking you're, you're leaning the other way just to – Just to to have the the other side of the spectrum.
0: This feels too right to me. I don't see any reason to... Because, again, you're right. This is like right on the money where he was last year. uh, 4,739 yards. And, in fact, if you take out the 290 yards that he passed for in the bowl against Texas Tech, he actually hits the under last year, if this was his line last year. So... I'm leaning towards the under here. Again, I don't think there's any... Re- Again, you could say another year in Leach's system. Um, I would say that, but Leach has never really shown a ton of loyalty to any of his quarterbacks and everything. So if Rodgers ever does start faltering and everything, there is a legit chance that he gets replaced by somebody like Sawyer Robertson. But even still, I think he gets close to this line. I don't think I, I. think it's a little too right, and I'm, I would personally stay away on this one. If I had to lean one or one way or the other, I would say I would lean the under on the four thousand six hundred point five passing yards for Will Rogers.
1: I like that. You'll see at the end that I'm I'm very bold in that predicament, but you'll see later. Is...
0: Alrighty. <laughs> Next one is one of the most egregious lines out there yes. on Fry's Picks. <laughs> Caleb freaking Williams. Quarterback for USC, follows Lincoln Riley to USC. They have him as an over-under of 3,110.5 passing yards. Bruh. (laughs) Come on. Smash the over on this. Smash the over, hardcore. Smash the over on this one. We have seen that when Lincoln Riley gets his quarterback running his system, and there's no reason for, again, Riley last year was just checked out. Like didn't want anything, like he wasn't putting in the effort that he should have. He's now apparently at the place he wants to be. He's gonna run the system that he wants to run to the fullest extent. He has a very talented quarterback in Caleb Williams. A lot of people expect him to be a future first round pick. If you believe all of those things, you are smashing the over on three thousand one hundred and ten yards. That is an average QB in the SEC typically. No. Caleb Williams is going to smash this over. I, I see no – this is an egregious line, and every one of your prize pick lineups that you do with this should include Caleb Williams going over this line because the only reason he hits the under here, in my opinion, is if he gets injured.
1: Exactly. Uh, I just wrote as a note, like, even with not even starting a full year, uh, 1,912 yards. So that was not even a full year of Caleb Williams. So imagine yep. what he can do now at USC – he has Jordan Addison now. He has Mario Williams. He's got all this talent around him, and Travis Dye that loves to catch out the backfield. So, an easy over for me for Caleb Williams. I looked at this one. I literally laughed out loud because I was like, "This is an easy over." I you'll see for the purposes of this example later on that I didn't take him in my five, but he's in my other five that I do as far as just an easy overs
0: for me to take and win. So, yeah. And again, when you're looking at, I guess we can just skip over to the last one here. But like when. Yeah. Sean Clifford has an over under of three thousand one hundred and seventy-one point five passing yards. How are Caleb Williams and Sean Clifford even remotely close on these lines? Brandon, what's your right. thoughts on Sean Clifford at three thousand one or three thousand seventy one point five passing yards?
1: So I laughed at this one too. I thought it was interesting. Uh, he's only hit three thousand yards just once last year. And he, you know, as much as I tout Mitchell Tinsley, and I tout you know, I think Parker Washington's a great one. That's still if they both get over a thousand yards, that's still an extra thousand yards that he has to hit. So for me personally, unless we have a third wide receiver step up, whether it's Caden Saunders, it could be the other one out the you know the slot position on the other side as well. I'm taking the under. For Sean Clifford, to be honest with you. I don't I don't think he, they can get he it
0: done. Did, he didn't even hit this line last year. Because exactly. again, you take out the bowl game, with he had 195 yards in the bowl game, he's under 3,000 yards. And yep. then last year, he didn't have a five-star freshman quarterback breathing down his neck the entire year. Exactly. Again, a lot of people expect Drew Aller to take over at one point. I would hit the under on Sean Clifford here. Same. Because even if he exact starts a full year, I don't expect him to hit 3,000 yards in the regular season. And that's even without again Drew Aller being taken into consideration there. Exactly. So next, last one on this line here, Sam Hartman, three thousand forty-seven point five yards. I laughed out loud again. I'm with yes. you, Brent. Uh, we're we're going with some of the laughing on this one because let's see, yes. Hartman through last year, He's four thousand two hundred yards, two hundred and twenty-eight yeah. yards. <laughs> yep, and. You take away 300 of those yards from the bowl game, 200. Okay, so you take 500 yards away from him because of the bowl game and the ACC championship. You're still at 37, 3700 3, yards. That's 700 over this over. In addition, you look at uh, Wake Forest. I'm going to pull Chris Moxley here. I'm going to pull some stats from the guide and everything like that. This was an offense last year that was 26 in the neutral game pass grip so they're going to throw the ball a ton compared to other teams and they were um, they were they were 71st in line yards last year they've gotten worse at the running back position so they're not going to want to run the ball a whole ton and they were fourth in plays per game all three of those combined do not tell me that this is going to be a 3,000 yard passing quarterback This is going to be a person that is getting closer to 4,000 passing yards. This is an egregious line. Smash the over on Sam Hartman.
1: Yep, an easy over. The coming back of green. A.T. Perry in his prime there at Wake Forest. I'm all on board for Sam Hartman over 4,000 yards. It's an easy over for me.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. All right, let's get the next row of guys here. Brandon Hendon Hooker, 2,968.5. Passing yards, what are your feels on this one?
1: So uh, last year he went 2,945 yards. Uh, so I know it's right on that line. However, this is electric offense. Um, he's got plenty of weapons to go along with. Cedric Tillman is, you know, coming into probably his last season at Tennessee before he moves on to the draft as well. I say over for Hendon Hooker. I say he gets into the 3,000 market this year. He's just steadily gotten better and better. I see the uh, his uh, ascension. And uh, th- that system is perfect for him to uh, project himself into possibly a second-round pick in the NFL, possibly third. I mean, he's definitely starting to emerge there near the end of the, uh, end of the uh, last year. So I think he carries on and
0: goes over. So I'm taking the over. Again, you mentioned he was close last year, but he also didn't start for a game and a half
1: to start right. the season.
0: Like, he, he only threw one pass in the bowling st- – the bowling green game, so you would expect him to do better than that. Oh bowling this green next yeah. year. And then again he wasn't inserted until the second half of the game against Pitt because they were already behind and everything. So mm-hmm. I would say I'm I'm feeling the over here on Hedden Hooker. Again, a lot mm-hmm. of his value is going to come through his legs, but I could easily see him hitting about three thousand yards in the regular season. All right. Talia, Tagovailoa. Loa. Brandon, I'll let you uh yeah, technically it's my turn to go first, but I'll let you go on this one because you said you had some thoughts on Talia here.
1: Sure. Um, so and these next two are going to be kind of like my unders and I'll explain a little bit. but so Maryland is still searching for the wide receiver one. It's not like they don't have talent. we just have a Demis that's coming over from injury, Rakeem Jared a little bit on you know not what we thought a freshman year would look like for him even though he did pretty well. And then you have Copeland coming over from Florida, which I think could be a solid you know uh, option there as well. Uh, I just think they're looking for their identity, to be honest, still. I still think they're trying to do it. Who's to say that, you know, the wide receivers, they're having a hard time and they don't go running back. We talked about this when we were looking at a guy like Ramon Brown, the freshman there, coming into Maryland as far as a run game. Like, we're not quite sure what to make of Maryland. Now, do I think Talia has what it takes? Yes, I think he does. Um, he's proven that he was able to, uh, you know, emerge and get some of these type of yards. But I'm going to play on the uh, the – think of caution. Maybe I shouldn't because, you know, I'm going all in on Will Rogers, but, you know, this is where my caution comes in. I'm going to say under for Talia. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the, the Terrapins and uh, the younger Tua this year?
0: Again, this is another one that where it feels just right to me. They got the line right here, I would say. Again, you take out his bowl game performance last year, he hits the under. But, like you kind of mentioned, I think they have one of the more underrated wide receiver cores, especially if all those guys do return healthy. So he's going to have plenty of weapons. They don't have like a set guy at running back that I think is somebody that they're going to want to rely on. And so, again, I personally would stay away from Talia Tagovailoa. I wouldn't have him in any of my lineups. But again, if you held a gun to my head and asked me which way I would go to this, I would say barely over, especially since this is Talia's money year. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. He's going to want to impress the scouts, I would say, I would lean a slight over here, but, again, I'm I'm mostly staying away on that one. All right, last one for this row. We got Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback out of Miami, 3,098.5 yards. This is over-under. Again, Brandon, you mentioned that you kind of have some thoughts on this one, so let's go ahead and start with you.
1: Sure. So, last year, Van Dyke had 2,931 yards. He did have a guy like Charleston Rambo to throw to. This year, there's no really stud wideouts that we even leave want to talk about, to be honest with you. So there's not a true alpha in that system. There might be one that emerges, but it might be a little too late in the season. There's a new coach. So there's the run game option that's a bit more. Uh, uh, so an easy under here for me, honestly. I, I don't I don't think Tyler can get over 3,000 yards this year, uh, even though he got fairly close last year. I think there's a, uh, a rescind coming for uh, Tyler this year.
0: Another... Another quarterback that I would personally just kind of stay away from. We don't know what kind of system Miami's going to be trying to run this year. I think they would like to throw the ball. But again, from everything it sounds like with the receivers, they just don't have the people they need to execute that kind of offense. They got some pretty good options at running back with Henry Parrish. You got Jalen Knighton. Don Chaney's returning from injury. Gervonta Citizen, if you really think that he can take over in year one. I think they'll be a bit more of a run-heavy system. That doesn't mean that Tyler Van Dyke can't reach 3,000 yards. I think he'll try to throw the ball. Um, But I think I would lean with you a little bit here. I'd lean towards the under again, mostly because I really don't like that wide receiver core and what's going on there. Same. Absolutely. All right. Last row of quarterbacks here. Dylan Gabriel, quarterback out of Oklahoma an over under of 3,265.5 passing yards. Brandon... I think I'll start on this one. You started the last three. Sure, go for my, it. My my turn. Um Yeah, so we have Dylan Gabriel here who is joining his old OC uh coming over from uh coming well, his old OC was at Old Miss, but before that he was at UCLA where Dylan Gabriel and him like were on the same squad. And you he's very much was following uh, he's very much following Lebby to wherever his new destination was. Again, the rumors were that he was initially going to go to Old Miss, but then Lebby left Old Miss, went to Oklahoma, and suddenly Dylan Gabriel switched right over. Um, I see no reason not to expect him to be very productive for this upcoming year. Uh, just looking at last year, Matt Corral was able to hit right about this number, and that was with him getting injured uh, last year um i again this number is another one that kind of feels a little right to me but i would feel i would lean a little bit more on the over this is levy's i would say hand-picked quarterback we've seen dylan gabriel just be uber productive when he's in the right system even when he's in the wrong system he did great under gus malzahn before he got injured so Mm -hmm. I i would say i'd lead the over here on dylan gabriel
1: I'm the same way. I took over. Uh, I easily put Gabriel's been over 3,500 3, yards each year that he's actually had a full season. Uh, now he's at Oklahoma with the right fit, I think, personally, as far as what he's capable of doing. So I'm and, and really, really good, talented wide receiver so, and tight end. So I would say the sky's the limit, and I think Gabriel makes the over pretty easily here.
0: All right, next up here, Devin Leary, quarterback out of North Carolina State. Uh, take away your homerism here, Brandon.
1: I do, uh, I do. Uh, I, actually, his over, on, well, yeah, I was going to say, go his
0: over-under is 3,371.5 passing yards.
1: Yep, uh, I, I said on Debbie Debate, I think NC State's winning the ACC this year, uh, especially with Clemson just trying to figure things out. and uh, Other ACC guys, whether well, they're taking a step back or they're Got a lot of new people in different positions, uh, including the Tar Heels. So I feel like, uh, you know, with Leary, he did 34, 33 yards last year, which is fantastic. He does bring back two of his three top wide receivers, uh, and he does have a tight end that does play in a dual uh, role. Um, And then, of course, we have the emergence of Porter Rooks. You heard it, you know, from Corey Smith during that interview there, the Future Freshman podcast. So it does give me hopes that he's going to get it again. Devin Leary, I think, is the QB3 if we're talking draft status. I don't think it's Will Levis. I think Devin Leary behind Stroud and Bryce Young will probably be like the third best quarterback and I think he'll be drafted fairly high as a really solid backup or a guy that could play in the league so I personally am taking uh the higher on Devin Leary hoping that you know those uh those predictions of the ACC championship comes to fruition even though this is a 12 game system and I think he does it you know, before he gets to the bowl so I'm kidding I'm taking over man again he hit
0: 3,433 yards in the regular season last year they did not have any uh They did not have any postseason games. Uh, I think their bowl game got canceled. Um, So, again, this is perfectly within the realm of possibility. It just all comes down to whether or not you can believe they can do it again. And I personally, again, this is one I'd probably stay away from a little bit. And, um, yeah, again, i I stay away from this one. I would lean towards the over. uh, Because, again, another year as a full-time starter. Uh, Again, clearly he's got a draft-type building for him, so they're going to want to give him some work to show off for the NFL scouts. I would say I would lean the over here, but again, I would personally keep Leary out of your betting lineups. Last one here. Brennan Armstrong, quarterback of Virginia, over-under of 3,333.5 passing yards. Man, oh man, they're actually putting in the um, – why am I blanking on the coach's name all of a sudden? Uh, Virginia head coach. Is Oh yeah, or... Tony Elliott. Yep. They're, they're putting in the Elliott factor here because when you look at what Brandon Armstrong did last year, he threw for 4,449 yards. If you think that Elliott's not going to be a factor, this is an easy over for you. But mm-hmm. if you're somebody like me where I don't think – Elliott is going to allow him to get anywhere near what he was able to do last year, this is suddenly a harder line for me to kind of navigate. Again, if you believe that Brandon Armstrong is going to be an absolute beast again this year, take this over with confidence. But for me, I don't believe in that. And so 3,333 yards is pretty much like an average QB, I would say. And so this one's, again, like I said, this one's kind of harder for me to navigate. Brandon, what are your thoughts? I'll let you know what I think at the end.
1: You're good. Uh, I'm actually with you. Um, I I took the under, and I pretty much my notes just said it's possible they may have a few shootouts, and they may be playing from behind at times. Uh, But I don't think he gets close to what he produced last year, simply because of the new systems. And, you know, as we've talked about many, many times, systems in CFB matter. And this is one of those systems to where I have to take that into court regardless if I think Brendan Armstrong actually has the talented arm to get it done. Uh, I just think that him and his receivers are going to suffer a little bit more in this new type of system. You're just not going to see the same shootouts that you saw against North Carolina or Wake Forest in those type of situations. They might be trailing them, but that doesn't mean that Elliott's going to let them just air it out to try to do it. Not every single game. There might be something he has no other choice, uh, but I don't think he takes it. So I think he stays under. I think he's going to be over 3,000, but not 3,300, if that makes sense. So I'm going to take the under.
0: So again, this is so difficult for me to navigate because again he threw for four thousand four hundred roughly right. yards last year. This would be about a thousand yard reduction. I do think that is going to be a problem here, but that is a big jump down. Mm-hmm. Um and again, I think the volume will suffer. God, this again, this this feels a little too right for me. Yeah,
1: we might have to stay away from this one. I would I, I put would put him in the lineups.
0: I personally would stay away from this one. And I, again, taking into account the idea that, again, if you're a coach, you're going to want to, like, play to your players' strengths and everything. I don't think he's going to ding Armstrong by 1,000 yards. So I, or 1,000 plus yards. I, and again, I'm an Armstrong kind of hater. <laughs> I, I've been very vocal about that the entire year, but I would actually lean the over here okay. a little bit. Again, I just I think 1,000 yards reduction from stomp. last year to this year is just a little too much to expect. And again, I, I don't like what's coming out of there. So yep. we will we'll definitely see. But that's kind of how I feel about it. Let's get yep. into some of these running backs and the rushing yards. So first of all, before we get too deep into this, I just want to point out that Price Picks know they knows they messed up on at least one of these because Chris Rodriguez came out at a line about 1,028 yards. And so many people smashed the under. That they have taken him off completely. Because I think somebody messed up at price Picks And didn't realize that there is a possibility of him being suspended. And we all know if he misses like two to three games. Mm-hmm. Under a thousand yards is pretty much all but guaranteed. Like that is not going to happen. But unfortunately he is gone. You can't get him anymore. But I just wanted to point that out. Like that's how badly sometimes these lines are put out. When they're first put out. And you can absolutely make some money off of it. If you get on early enough. So. Let's talk about some of the guys that are here now, Brandon. So yes. let's go to the Ohio State Buckeyes running back, Travion Henderson, over under of 1,265.5 yards. What are your thoughts, sir?
1: Initial thoughts is can he make that happen? Yes. Does he, can he get that with all that receiving around him? Is there enough to feed both the run game and the wide receivers at the same time? That's where I kind of struggle a little bit i say over, but it's one of those that I don't know if I'd take Henderson straight up over or under. He'd be a guy that, honestly, I would kind of steer away from to not have to, you know, gun to my head. Uh, over, probably, barely. Um, but do I want to take him in, in the, the five picks? No, nah, I'm, going, I'm going to pass. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Henderson this year?
0: So Henderson hit 1,248 yards, including the bowl game last year, as the not full-time starter. For Ohio State he's gonna be splitting again with what Mayan Williams back there but it's also his second year he's no longer a freshman he's probably taking a step forward this year again I've heard that they want to run the ball a little bit better this year so Trayvon Henderson is going to benefit from that I don't think he's going to have multiple single carry single digit carry games like he had last year because like Akron eight carries Rutgers eight carries Indiana nine carries Michigan State, nine carries. I don't think that's happening this year. I think he hits the over here. I don't want to say easily, because again, I'm with you, Brandon, that it's, it feels kind of right, but I would say I would feel relatively confident with an over here, but I think there's better value elsewhere with some of these guys. So, Absolutely. I lean the over on Travion Henderson, but not in any of my lineups right now. So, Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas. Over under one thousand one hundred and sixty-two point five rushing yards. Brandon, go ahead and get us started.
1: Your your beloved Bijan. So let's let's talk about your your Bijan. Oh,
0: Xavier would be laughing so much at you right now because again, last year I was like <laughs> relatively off. Aw- I I, I, I against I thought people were praising Bijan a little too much last year, and so yes. if Xavier's listening to this, he's probably laughing his ass off right now, <laughs> thinking about. Also, like, you had the
1: sweet uh, Dynasty name, too. The I, did, Bijan. Oh,
0: I did have Bijan Demon.
1: <laughs> yes, and now he's no longer on your roster, but it's okay. You had to make those moves, and I had to make, I had some, moves. I had to make some choices. Anyway, Bijan, what so, do you think? He, so here's my thought. As long as he plays every game, and, and I'll pre profess it with this, if Texas somehow isn't back, we'll say, or something's going on with Texas mm-hmm. and they don't perform to their standards, a lot of people might pull Bijan early and prep him for the NFL draft because this man is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. As long as that doesn't happen, this is an over for me fairly easily because Bijan is an absolute beast. Uh, So as long as that happens, however, for me, I will not be taking Bijan in my top five picks because I think it's a little too close for comfort once again. So for me, it's an over, but I'm going to probably take somebody else here in this in this grid that we uh,
0: will be an easy over
1: for me. So, what's your thoughts on Bijan this year, buddy?
0: I'm with you. As long as everything goes right, he stays healthy, he doesn't get pulled. It's relatively easy over for me. But again, there are those questions out there, and I'm with you. There are other there's other value here on the board that I would rather play around with and just kind of hold off on Bichon. So I would stay away from Bichon for the most part. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, next up, we got running back out of Wisconsin, Mr. Braylon Allen. So, Brandon, where are you, where's your head at with Mr. Allen?
1: So now, Mr. 18-year-old Braylon Allen, that's true. Yes, uh, no longer seventeen. No longer seventeen anymore. and smashing out the big ten. Mr. Braylon Allen at the uh, age of eighteen is Wisconsin. Uh the run game is heavy. Uh I am not a Graham Mertz guy, nor am I there's no Jake Ferguson anymore tight in. I'm not a fan of all the wide receiver options. they got a few that might be emerged later on. However, with Graham Mertz at the helm, I'm not very trusting of that. So I think Braylon Allen is just going to do what he does best in the Big Ten, and that's just smash. So 1,300, I think he has no other choice but to get well over this. I think he can get up to 1,400. So I'm taking an over for Braylon Allen. Uh, what are your thoughts on Allen this year coming in with the Wisconsin in, in this sophomore season?
0: So since he took over as the lead back for Wisconsin last year, which was in game three against Illinois, he has hit under 100 rushing yards one time. Wow. And that was against Minnesota's the last game in the regular season. Just had a really, really rough game. Wisconsin just had a really, really rough game all around. He hit over 150 rushing yards twice three times if you count the bowl game against Arizona State. So, I think he has it in him. If he is the true starting Wisconsin running back, he should clear 1,328 yards relatively easily in my opinion. If he is truly the backbone of this offense and that O-line holds up to what we expect from Wisconsin, I would say the over here on 1,328.5 for Braylon Allen. Again, not an official play by any stretch of the imagination, but like if you want to include them, that's the way I'm leaning. Yep, absolutely. All right, next one's down. Sean Tucker, 1275.5 rushing yards. So this one's interesting because I got Sean Tucker at 1388.5 rushing yards. He has dropped over 100 yards since his line has opened up. People are smashing the under on Tucker. And i understand why they went with the initial line that they did dude rushed for over 1400 yards last year but with the change in offensive system that's where i think a lot of people have started to kind of back off a little bit and i'm going to give a shout out to xavier here because again he argues the other way here um he still thinks that again let's let's go all right let me refresh here robert or his offensive system is much more pass heavy than what syracuse has been doing in the past I still think Sean Tucker is going to absolutely smash this year, but I think more of that's going to come in the passing game than last year, and he's not going to be able to actually carry the ball as much as he did last year. I still think he's going to do better than the Virginia running backs did because he's a much better running back than anything Virginia ever had. But I think asking for 13, 1,400 yards from him again on the ground specifically, I think that's asking a lot. I think he's going to complement that with reception work this year. But in terms of, if you're asking me for just rushing production, I think even still at 1275, I'm leaning the under here. Xavier, again, shout out to him. He and I discussed this a little bit. He is still kind of bullish on Sean Tucker this year. He thinks that Garrett Schrader is going to keep them from doing the pass-heavy offense that they want to do this year. So they're going to run the ball more than Anais done in the past, And that means Sean Tucker should still smash in the rushing department. That's his argument. And I told him that if you are a believer like that, You love the idea that he has now dropped from 1388 to 1275. If you really believe in Sean Tucker, you're getting a great deal right now. I personally am still on the under, but if you really do believe in Tucker, he's at a fantastic discount right now. What do you think, Brandon?
1: I'm with the same sentiment, no offense to our friend Xavier. You know, you stick by your guys. Uh, I do think Sean Tucker is going to do well. He'll be one of the better uh, running backs in the ACC. Um, But I do think uh, the change of the, like I said, system, system, systems. I think Garrett Schrader also is a good, he's decent with his arm. He's good with his legs. So he might take away some of that rushing as well. Um, So for that matter, I think that Sean Tucker, I would say, I'd say about 11, 1200 yards. That's what I'm kind of looking at for him this year. Uh, but this says over that. So I, I would take the under personally on Sean Tucker, uh, regardless if it's been discounted since the uh, 1,300 yards. So for me, it's still an under. I really wouldn't have changed it,
0: regardless of the, uh, the prop itself. Absolutely. Again, I, I clearly agree because that you pretty much just echoed a lot of what I said. Anyway, yep. Zach Charbonnet, over under rushing total of 1,114.5 rushing yards. Uh, Brandon, you, I know for a fact, have some thoughts on this. So let's get started with you.
1: So this is one I did LOL out loud. I, uh, it was one of those where I saw 11. I was just like, come on, guys. Have you seen Zach Charbonnet? Do you realize he doesn't have a, a, a Brown, another running back to get in his way? Do you realize Jake Bobo is the wide receiver one at UCLA? I was like, it's all in the, it's riding in the stars. Zach Charbonnet is going to completely smash this rushing attempt, uh, Zach Charbonnet, for whatever reason, decided to hold off on going uh, pro, so I think he just wanted to add more tape and so that the scouts could see what he's doing, and I'm pretty sure Chip Kelly is going to get him ready for the next level since Chip Kelly's been there before, so Zach Charbonnet is easy over for me. It's an easy smash, 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 and you'll see as we get to the end that this is probably one of my favorite ones in this whole entire grid of uh, running backs, so definitely over for Zach Charbonnet for me.
0: I think that over here is the play as well. Like you said, Britton Brown is gone. They haven't brought anybody else in, which is something that I was heavily looking for the entire off season. Cause I'm like, you it seems like a prime destination for a transfer running back. Even if they don't want to be the guy, they will be like a backup, a depth piece and everything. They brought in nobody, nobody. So Sharp is going to get an increase in production this year. He had 202 carries last year. I think he easily tops that this year. Mm -hmm. He hit over on this last year, and he was splitting that backfield with Britton Brown. I agree with you. Charbonnet on the over here. That's what I'm feeling. Absolutely, man. So, next guy up here. Travis Dye running back at a USC. Over under 1,105, or excuse me, 1,101.5 rushing yards. Easy under for me. Easy under for me. Here's the reason why. I went and looked back at Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. What kind of systems are we running here? Has he ever had a running back hit this number in the regular season? The answer is no. He has not. He's had guys that hit a thousand yards and hit this number when they also play in a bowl, or when they play in the Big 12 championship, when they play then in a, a playoff game. But in the regular season, he has not had a guy hit this mark in the regular season. And also, that USC running back room has some dudes in there. They brought mm-hmm. in Austin Jones as well this year. Um, they still have, um, I forget, they still have one guy from last year. I don't think yeah. that we're really looking at Travis Dye being a like true bell cow here. I think he'll be the one. like He'll be the guy. But he won't be like him and then there's a mosh pit behind him. I don't think he's going to get bell cow work here. I think he's a clear tier above the other guys, but we just haven't seen Lincoln Riley put a guy out there pretty much since, I mean, the closest you can get was last year with, uh, or uh, is this, yeah, 2021. Yeah, Brooks last year. But even still, like, I again, I'm, I'm again, history has just shown me that that is an exception rather than the rule here. He's gonna wanna show off Caleb Williams. I say the easy under here on Travis Dye.
1: Yep. To just add on and just to simplify it for everybody else, Travis Dye is a PPR back. He is not a true rushing back. Uh, and I appreciate them trying to give him the love that he did at Oregon. Uh, but this is an Oregon. This is a Lincoln Riley led USC and systems speak for itself so Jared you know pointed it out to you without the PPR points without the receptions Travis Dye is an easy under for me for this as well so I'd say you know maybe around 900 yards I'd start to lean over but 1100 I'm gonna say no for me so it's a it's an easy under for me
0: yeah I just looked it up Kennedy Brooks last year in the regular season posted 1111 rushing yards so even if you are Super confident that like, oh, Jared, you're being too hard on Die. Look, the last running back he did uh, hit that number. Yeah, he hit that number right there. If you if you believe in Travis Dye, stay away from this. This feels too bright. If you're like me and think that Lincoln Riley goes back to kind of splitting the carries a little bit more, Travis Dye is an easy under here for me. Yep. All right. Continuing on, get some more Laugh Out Loud ones here. Uh, not this one, though. Deuce Fawn, no. 1,320.5 rushing yards. Brandon, what are you feeling on that one?
1: Feels really too right. Um, right on up the alley of our buddy Deuce. Um, love what he's going to have going on there. Uh, if put gun to my head, I'm taking the over. Um, However, uh, I'm going to stay far away from it as far as doing him as well. Uh, But Deuce has been proven, uh, and a lot of people are saying that Deuce Vaughn could lead the nation. He's one of those guys that could contend for the Doak Walker Award, and he could contend to have the best rushing uh, attack this year. Uh, but at the same time, like, I, it's too close on the number. So I'm going to I'm gonna stay away. But if I had to pick, I'd say he goes around 1,400 yards. I think him and Braylon Allen will battle for that one of those top positions as far as running back for the year. So I, I'm going to lean closer to 1,400 if he did go over. So over for me, but gun to my head, and I don't want to pick him in my flex place. So.
0: I agree. I, w- I would keep him out of your flex place and everything and doing a little bit of quick math right here. He, in the regular season last year, Hit 12, 58 rushing yards. I can see him getting a bit of a bump up this year. Um, but also, at the same time, you will have um, Adrian Martinez, who's probably going to be vulturing a little bit down there near the goal line, so may not get those yards anymore. I Again, I personally would stay away from this one. If I, again, gun to my head, I would probably say it's an over, but I think it's I think it's within 50 yards either way. Yeah. Alright, next one. This is a laugh out loud one. Ready, Brandon? <laughs> laugh with this me is on trevesty. this one. Ha ha! <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Jameer Gibbs nice. has an over-under of 901.5 rushing yards. Guys. 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 Come on! So, again, Gibbs did not have the greatest year last year at Georgia Tech, but that's more Georgia Tech faults than Jameer Gibbs. Since Jameer Gibbs has gone Alabama, there's been nothing but rave reviews out of him out of camp. They have said that last year when he practiced with the guys uh, before they went off to the championship in the playoff, that many were saying that he might have been the best player on the field during those practices. He is going to be used a ton this year. And the last time an Alabama running back hit under 1,000 yards on the season was 2018 And that is when they had the trio of Damian Harris, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs, okay? When you have three running backs like that, all in the same tier like that, yeah, you're going to split the carries between them. But we got Jameer Gibbs, and then it feels like everybody else behind him at Alabama. I see no reason not to expect Jameer Gibbs to hit well over 900 rushing yards this upcoming season. Bama has been very productive at the running back. Brian Robinson, Brian freaking Robinson can hit a thousand yards in a in a Bama system. There's no reason not to expect a a back as talented as Shamir Gibbs can easily hit that. So, Brandon, is there anything else really to say here? I think Gibbs is an easy over. Nope, uh, you said it best. Uh, just smash the over as hard as you can go and move on, man. <laughs> All right, next one's a little interesting. We got Rasheen Ali, running back on a Marshall. Over under 1402.5 rushing yards. So 1,402.5 rushing yards. Brandon, what are your thoughts here?
1: Uh, this feels pretty right. Um, I, I will say, I think there was a, a changeup in some of the offensive line for Rasheen. And I think there is a, I want to say there's a coaching change. I didn't get to see too much of the write up. Marshall's defense is fantastic. So it's going to keep them in the game. Uh, so I think Rasheen's still going to smash. 1,400 yards. It's uh, that's really, really close to what I think is possible for Rasheen Ali. Personally, I'm staying away. Uh, if I had to lean, I think there's just a tad uh, regression, so I would maybe take the under on the 1,402. That's me personally. Uh, what do you think about Rasheen this year?
0: So hit last year, in the entire season, including the bowl game, rushed for 1,401. So right where this line is at. Mm-hmm. I could see him getting slightly more work. Because it is his second year. But also he was a registered freshman last year. So it wasn't like it was a brand new guy. They didn't know whether or not to trust him or not. Um, so I think it's already asking a lot for him to get to 1400 Especially with the insane volume that he was getting last year at times. Um, in addition to that, you go from the COSA to the Sun Belt. You can make fun of the Sun Belt. But that is still a that's still a competition jump there. That I mm-hmm. think is going to be enough to slow him down just a little bit. I would I would lean the under here on Rasheen Otley. I would say overall. So Yeah,
1: I, I think it'd be yeah. Best to stay away, but if you had to take the pick or just want to play contrarian, I'd say take the under for sure. Yes.
0: righty, we got two more right here at running back. We got Blake Corum running back out of Michigan. Over under of 1127.5, so 1,127.5 rushing yards. Brandon, what are your kind of thoughts overall on this?
1: So I agree that Donovan Edwards is a more of a catching running back. However, I do feel like he is talented enough where he will take some of the carries away from Blake Horm. Uh Blake Corham, when healthy, has been proven to be outstanding. However, you know, due to his injury, we did see the emergence of Hassan Haskins, and he really just never let go of being that type of bruiser that we saw as well. Can Blake Corm be that? That's where I, the question lies for me, I've taken a little bit more than under the 1,100. I still think he goes probably right around 1,000. But if it's an 1,100, I'm going to probably say no for me personally. This is one I'm staying away from, but I'd take the under if I had to make that decision personally.
0: So last year, again, doing a, just doing some quick maths in my head, he hit roughly about 850 yards during the regular season on only a hundred and forty or excuse me on only a hundred and thirty six carries as a clear running back two behind haskins mm-hmm. again he got injured that allowed haskins to really take over down the stretch and everything like that but he's going to see more carries than 130 something carries this year during the regular season if he can hit 100 850 on that if he can continue that efficiency i think he could easily get the over here um now, again, I'm a Donovan Edwards guy. I've been drafting Edwards much more than I've been drafting Coram because I think Edwards sure. is just a do-it-all kind of back. As far as I've been able to tell, I just like him a lot better. Um, but even still, I would say I'm going to lean over here on Blake Coram because, again, like if he can keep up that efficiency with an increased volume last year, even if he again he's not going to hit the insane 270 carries that... Uh, Hassan Haskins did last year. But if he can reach up to 200 carries this upcoming year, and again, if he keeps that efficiency, I think he could easily clear this. So I'm going to lean oh. slightly over on Blake Corum. But again, I'm with you. I kind of would probably stay away from this a little bit. Last running back here Zach Evans, running back out of Old Miss, 1,111.5 1, rushing yards.
1: Oh, Zach Evans. Is he even the real Zach Evans? We don't truly know. There's multiple Zach Evans now in this multiverse of running backs. Um, <laughs> it, it depends on how you feel on Ulysses Bentley. I, I don't think that Bentley is a slouch. I think he does take it away. We've heard Zach Evans say, I don't want the ball carries. I want to save my legs for the NFL. He said it by his own mouth. Um, so for me, I still, honestly, he's talented enough where I honestly still think he can get over the 1100. Uh and I think Bentley can get right on up there pretty close to 800, 900. It just really depends on how it splits.
0: You're like, no. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just think Evans somehow is going to get over getting, this. I think Bentley getting like six, 700 isn't Okay, that's, out of that's that that probably question. a little bit
1: more understanding. Yeah. Maybe I'm going a little bit overboard with the Bentley love. Uh, But I still somehow think Zach Evans winds up over 1,100 yards, whether it's barely with 11 more yards or he does 1,150. Somehow I think he gets it done still, even regardless if he wants to lighten the load. So for me, it's personally an over, not somebody I'm putting up in any of my lineups, though. So what's your thoughts on Mr. Zach Evans?
0: I'm staying away. I am with you in that, again, I don't think he'll get the volume necessary for you to fully trust in him hitting the over. But here's the big problem. Zach Evans is a home run hitter. Anytime yes. he touches the ball, he could be off to the end zone. And with a guy like that, that's not somebody you can really bet on. Because, again, you want to bet on guys where like, you know pretty much every time, on average, what they're going to do every time they touch the ball. And Zach Evans is just all over the place in what he is able to do. He is the kind of guy where he can, only ha- he can maybe only have 160 carries on the full season and hit over 1,000 yards. Like, he is that kind of dude. So, I would personally just kind of stay away from this because I think there's just a little too much unpredictability there in terms of what you can expect on a per-touch basis with Zach Evans. I would keep him out of your lineups. If I had to go one way or another, I would lean the under because I still believe in the idea of the fact that he's not going to get the volume necessary to easily hit this over.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm with
0: you. All righty. Let's go and talk about these receivers finally. Let's see how many of these we got. We got 12 to get through here, so we got to go. We got to move. We could go quick. There's a few of
1: these that are easy for me.
0: That's true. Let's start with the first one. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, wide receiver out of Ohio State. 1,436.5 receiving yards. Brandon, over or under on him?
1: Oh, uh, this one I'm staying away from. And... uh, because it's too close to comfort, I am a Marvin Harrison guy. Uh, I like him probably the most out of the the one, but I do love me some JSN. I personally think it's he might actually get the fourteen hundred because it's JSN. So if I had to choose, I'd say under, but barely. If I'm being very honest with you, um, but it's one I'm staying away from. So, but uh, JSN's a beast, no no doubt about it. That's why he's one of the one of the first picks going off the board here this year. So
0: I'm with you. This feels very right to me. If I had to lean one way or the other, I'd actually lean the over. Just slightly. Again, it's a lot to ask in terms of during the regular season. But again, he nearly busted this last year as the third option on Ohio State throughout the regular season. Again, obviously, he padded his stats a little bit, just a little bit, in the Rose Bowl against Utah. It was is now technically the wide receiver one from last year. No, no, no. He was the wide receiver three throughout most of last year. He's now the wide receiver one with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave gone. I would lean the over here. But again, better value elsewhere. Don't try to—I wouldn't waste your time trying to pick over or under on an insane line like that. So, next one here. Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. What are you thinking here, Brandon? So, the man got paid to be the wide receiver one, to be the alpha. Uh, a lot of what we think Kayla
1: Williams is going to produce, I think is going to come from Jordan Addison. He is the reigning and defending uh winner from last year as well. So I think that he could uh, probably narrow into the 1200, even with Mario Williams in fold and even with the other talented wide receivers and the freshmen like CJ Williams, I think Addison is the alpha this year and the next year they're going to fight it out to see who's going to kind of hold that one. My take would still be a Mario if he doesn't go to the draft early. So for me, it's an over for Jordan Addison. However, I probably won't be taking him. He's the one I'm I'm also going to stay clear from as far as picking overall.
0: Yeah, the best case scenario I could find looking back through the years of Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, 2018 with Kyler Murray, just an absolutely insane year. Only time it looks like that he has had 2,000-yard receivers. Let me just double-check 2017 as well. Yeah, 2,000-yard receiver. Got close in 2017, but two guys clearly going above 1,000 yards. Receiving. That's when he had Marquise, Hollywood Brown, and C.D. Lamb on the same team. If I think Addison will be the number one this year, and if they're going to be passing as heavy as they did in 2018, I think he could easily hit the 1,300 yards um, and get plenty of action there. I would lean the over here for Jordan Addison. I do think there is a lot of mouths to feed there, and so that's why Mm -hmm. I'm not taking him like the first round of CFF drafts because I think there's just a little bit too much variance there, but. I would lean the over here. Keep him out of your lineups. I think there's other value elsewhere. Absolutely. All right, next one we got here. We got A.T. Perry, wide receiver out of Wake Forest. Brandon, where are your thoughts on this one? A.T. Perry
1: is uh, the top dog. We do get Donovan Green, who was their standout guy that's coming back. However, Sam Hartman's got plenty of yards to go around for everybody. So for me, it's an over for A.T. Perry. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of leaning more on the green train They're trying to take him you know, in the value as far as regular drafts. But when it comes to price picks, I'm not doubting A.T. Perry and the connection that him and Hartman already established with one another. Um, so I'm taking the over here. Uh, I don't know if I put him in the flex, but it was one that I was considering, honestly, before I took the one that I decided to go with. So it's an over for me. What do you, what do you think about A.T. this year?
0: So I think it's a little hard to gauge because A.T. didn't become A.T., until probably like October. Maybe a a little bit uh, further along than that when Ja'Kiri Roberson started to fade a little bit and everything. So, again, I think it's a little difficult. Donovan Green coming back uh, does kind of throw a little bit in here. But again, if you are somebody who's taking A.T. Berry in the first round of your CFF drafts, you're expecting him to clear like 1,144.5 receiving yards relatively easily, I would say. Yeah. So I would lean the over here. And uh, and he is somebody I'm, I'm willing to take in the first round of CFF drafts. Yep. Next one up here. Let's go down a little bit. Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee. His over under is 1,113.5 1, receiving yards. This one's an easy over for me. Mostly this- due to the fact that when Tillman went up against what many called a generational defense in Georgia, do put up over 200 yards on Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he was also force-fed the ball a ton in that game, but he clearly showed he can go up against the best of the best and still produce. If that is a guy that you are working with here, I think 1,100 yards is very easy for him to clear this year. Hypo system loves force-feeding their wide receiver ones, uh, even their wide receiver twos. I think Tillman hits the over here with ease. What do you think, Brandon? Yep, just like I said
1: with Hendon Hooker, this is a year where I just think, uh, you know, rising tides, you know, lifts all ships. Cedric Tillman is that guy. Uh, like we said, he's one of those guys, if you could do that against Georgia, which is was the most ridiculous defense ever, and it was super good. And I, honestly, you know, if I had Tillman shares last year, I actually sat him down because I didn't think it was possible. He proved me dead wrong. Uh, this is an easy, it was an LOL moment for me. I just kind of like giggled, and I was like, this isn't over. And this is another one that I thought about putting in my top five as far as a selection. So Cedric Tillman's an easy over for me as well.
0: 100%. And give me one second to look something up here before we move on to the next guy. Cool. Jaden Reed, wide receiver out of Michigan State. His over-under is 1,100.5 1, receiving yards. Brandon, you start us off here.
1: Sure. Jaden Reed's actually one of my favorite uh, dynasty stashes. Just a side note on there as well. He is one that I've had for several years now, and I'm glad that I Picked him up when he decided to transfer from Western Michigan. Uh, 1,100, though, here's, here's where we're, we're at now. There's no more run game. We're seeing two running backs try to compete for there as well in the Mel Tucker system. Uh, you know, we've lost uh, Naylor to the NFL. He actually got drafted, which I think is good on Michigan State to do that as well. Jaden Reed is going to be uh, targeted heavily um, because this is Peyton Thorne's uh, favorite guy to throw to. So if we're looking, if this was a PPR bet, this would be an easy over for me, Uh, but I still think it's a natural habit or out of, you know, out of necessity that Jaden Reed has to probably go over this prop. It's one I'm going to stay away from because it's a little too close to comfort for me, Uh, but I do think that he can get over the 1,100 and, and maybe go by 1,200 by the end of the year before he gets to a bowl game. Um, so I'm taking a yes, uh, but I would say proceed with caution because there is change in the Michigan State system. So that's where I'm just saying they might try to double team him until they can find a resurgent wide receiver too, whether that's Antonio Gates Jr. or whoever that's coming in. Uh, you know, So just be wary that there are going to be times where Jaden Reed might disappear in a game or two, but he, he'll make it up in other games with better you know opponents and stuff like that. So uh, yes for me, but staying away.
0: So I didn't know which way I was going to go on this one, Brandon, until you made or until you brought up the idea of defenses really focusing in on Reed because I think that helped them out last year a lot. That Naylor was also a threat. Yes, you don't right have right. Naylor anymore. You don't have Kenneth Walker. Reed, in many ways, is the only kind of guy we know on this offense. Obviously, Peyton Thorne's the quarterback and everything, but Peyton Thorne hasn't really been the threat. It's been the guys around him. So last year, Reed in the regular season. Um, caught 946 receiving yards last year. Again, I can see him getting a bump up this year, which is why I'm like a little okay with 1,100. But again, like you're right. More defenses really kind of keying in on him, uh, not being able to get the volume that he was getting last year. I think I'm leaning towards the under here on Jaden Reed.
1: Yeah, it's really close for comfort. I would just say stay away for those that are involved, that are, that are thinking of Jaden Reed.
0: Yeah, I I can see that. So let's move on to the last one on this row here. We got Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas, over under of 1,078.5 receiving yards. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Brandon, I'll let you start off on this one while I gather my thoughts.
1: Sure. (laughs) LOL. Xavier Worthy all day, every day. Wide receiver one at Texas. Clint yours coming into town. Even if Ewers doesn't do good, uh, I still think he gets the job done. Incre- incredible arm by Quinn Ewers. Uh, Xavier Worthy is going to benefit. We saw what we saw in the spring game. Why aren't you taking Xavier Worthy over 10, you know, 1078 immediately? Uh, easy, easy over for me. Uh, he was in my. Uh, you know, my my thoughts on top five until we talk about this next player. And then I was like, oh, this is an easy one for me because I know the system. Uh, but other than that, Xavier Worthy would actually be my pick for wide receiver. Him and uh, Tillman are the other two that I say would be an easy over for me. And even if you want to play all wide receivers, these, you know, the next guy we talk about and
0: these, these two picks are perfect for that situation. So I said, go for it. I'm with you, Brandon. LOL on this one. Last year as a freshman, as a freshman, Xavier Worthy had 62 receptions for 981 yards. Granted, uh, actually, no, they didn't play in a bowl game. So that was during the regular season. So already as a freshman, he was only 100 yards below this line. He is getting an upgrade at quarterback in Quinn Ewers. And when Sarkeesian really gets his offense rolling like he wants to do, even if it's not the best quarterback play in the world, again, obviously, Mac Jones proved a lot of people wrong, but let's go back to that 2020 season at Alabama. Let's look at that top wide receiver, shall we? Uh, who was that? Uh, oh, Devontae Smith. Yeah. Just a little a little guy named Devontae Smith. Uh, 1,856 friggin' yards. That game, again, minor. I would have... or That year, <laughs> I would have to take out some of his like championship games and stuff like that as well. Let me look at it real quick. Um, but even so, he... Yeah. You take out... 345 yards from the postseason and everything. Pretty easily hit the over there. And he wasn't even the wide receiver 1 throughout most of the season because Waddle started as the wide receiver 1 throughout that season. Xavier Worthy even if he even if for some reason, let's say worst case scenario, Nair is the wide receiver 1 for some reason. Xavier Worthy becomes the wide receiver 2. Plenty of plenty of volume to go around there. I think it's pretty easily to expect Xavier Worthy hitting over one thousand seventy eight point five receiving yards. Yeah, it's a no brainer for sure. All righty, next three we got here, Brandon. These are, this is your boy, so I'm going to let you start on him. Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina, over under of one thousand seventy three point five yards. What do you think, sir?
1: I say if you don't sleep on the Tar Heels, they are the post type sleeper. Josh Downs is going to be fed every which way. It doesn't even matter the quarterback, whether it's strict May or Jacoby Criswell. Both are talented quarterbacks. Both can get it downfield. You saw in the spring game, I saw it with my very own eyes. Uh, Josh Downs is dominant. You saw in the ACC media day, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's ready to prove people that – they were maybe too hyped on him last year, but they need to be hyped on him this year because the, the turnaround is coming. Josh Downs is coming into his year where he's likely going to be drafted into the NFL. So this is his year to shine. Uh, we do see you know Antoine Green return. So I'm looking at very similar as far as the both two wide receivers. And you know, as Dre Green Jr. gets used to the playbook, I still think Downs is the dominant guy. And the, you know, Dre Green Jr. will take over next year with the, the new recruits that are coming in. So Josh Downs is all over the field. Uh, this is an easy over for me, and uh, he's very much a flex play
0: for me this year, so it's an easy over for me. I'll be real quick with this one. Last year, even with defenses truly keying in on him and taking him out of games in the last four or five games of the season where he couldn't find the end zone, dude still hit 1,200 yards. Mm -hmm. And if he's really going to be moving around and they're really going to be utilizing him in more creative ways this year in order to get him the ball in creative ways, No reason to expect him not to repeat that performance. I think it's a pretty easy over here for Josh Downs. Absolutely, man. Easy smash over. Easy smash over. All right, next one we got here. Kayshawn Butte, wide receiver out of LSU. Man, this is a hard one to gauge because Mm. we don't really know what's going on with LSU. We don't know what kind of offense they're going to be running. There was rumors that Butte may not probably wouldn't even play. I think those have subsided for now. It sounds like he's got the number seven jersey. Sounds like he is going to be somebody that they're going to want to focus in on if Brian Kelly is smart. And to me, if they are serious about utilizing him and getting the ball to him as much as possible, which they should, I think it's a pretty easy over here. His over under is 978.5 receiving yards. Again, if they are serious about utilizing him in the way that he should be, Easy over for me here, but again, part of, I'm probably staying away a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm staying far away from this one. Uh, you know, boote News can be all over the place. I do see that he is doing well as far as his videos and things like that. He looks in great shape. Um, like I said, if Brian Kelly is going to play smart football and get it to his best weapon, this is an over for me. Um, but I am staying clear away because I'd rather sit back and watch LSU for a few weeks to decide – what I think before I do this. So for me, I personally will not be taking this prop debt at all.
0: So mm-hmm. no, I, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Next one up. We got Nathaniel Dell wide receiver out of Houston over under of 1043.5 receiving yards. I am staying away on this one because last year in the entire season, he had 1329 uh, receiving yards Take away his bowl game. Take away the uh, AAC championship game. He's right back down to where this is, which would put him at 1,027 receiving yards. So it's right there, right next to that 1,043.5 receiving yards. I'm staying away from this one. Sounds too right to me. I don't see Nathaniel Dell getting like a huge jump up in production. In fact, I can maybe even see a little bit of a step back, possibly, because, again, you got our boy Matthew Golden coming in there um I still think he's gonna smash he'll get over a thousand yards but I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be hard uh, for me to put place a bet on this one I would lean god I don't even know which way I would lean on this one what do you think Brandon I, maybe I'll just go the same direction as you
1: Sure. Uh one, he's not Tank Dell. You see it right here. Price picks gets it right. It's Nathaniel Dell. Um also Tank Dell. What a what a, <laughs> what a name. Uh also you hit the nail on the head. There was no dominant wide receiver too. There is a very dominant wide receiver too this year, in Matthew Golden, who I think takes the realm at Houston next year when Dell, you know, you know goes to the NFL. Uh Dell is a smaller wide receiver, so he's very shifty. I think he has, you know, the type of momentum like a Josh Downs where he can get to the field. Me personally, I'm taking the under. I don't want anything to do with this bet, but I would probably take the under only because of the emergence of Matthew Golden and of course, you know, having, you know, Campbell in play. And I just think that Houston can get the ball around more than just relying on Dale like they had to last year. So it's a different Houston
0: this year. Again, I'm with you. I think it's too right. I'm not going anywhere near this one. I would lean the under, but, like, I, I won't even say lean. I tilt the under. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. I really think it's another one of these things where where he finishes in in terms of receiving yards, I think it's within 25 yards of where yeah. they have this line. And to me, just stay away from that. All right, next one's a little bit interesting here. You got Parker Washington, wide receiver out of Penn State. They have his over-under at 999 .5 receiving yards. So effectively, they're asking, do you think he hits a 1,000 yards in the regular season or not this year? Last year, Washington uh, put up 722 yards during the regular season. But that is, of course, they had Jahan Dotson at that point, And Jahan Dotson just absolutely killed it the entire year. So it was hard for Washington to really kind of step up when all the focus was in there on Jahan Dotson. And in order to get to 1,000 yards in the regular season, that's a 280 additional yards that Parker Washington we need to have this year. I think that's a little bit of a tough call, but I don't think it's impossible. Even though we have your guy, Brandon Mitchell Tinsley, taking over that exposition there on the outside. I've kind of thought to myself that like I can see um, Washington being more the like middle of the field um, yardage kind of guy and then Tinsley becomes that guy down near the red zone um, and so like, I could easily see Mitchell having more touchdowns in Washington this year even last year Washington only had four touchdowns despite all his work through the air it's a tough call for me I'm going to lead the under because again I've kind of stayed away from Parker Washington for the most part but again I don't think it's outside the room of possibility of him going over what do you think Brandon
1: So I'll have to stay hashtag on brand. Uh, So I like Parker Washington. I think he's a great receiver. Uh, you know, we, we've talked to Colin on Future Freshman Podcast, and, you know, he is the Penn State guy. Ethan's another one that I've talked to a few times. They think that Parker is going to lead in receiving, but when it comes to touchdowns, it's Mitchell Tinsley. I personally am very bullish on Mitchell Tinsley. I think he's a lot more talented than what people lead on to be, and I think that this jump up to the P5 is just Tinsley just moving his draft stock up and showing people that he's capable of doing it. So I think, personally, Tinsley relieves in both yards and touchdowns. Uh, but I still think Parker Washington does contribute. Um, however, because of some of the other guys, like a Kaden Saunders, uh, I keep forgetting another one. He's got the three-letter name, uh, but he's also on the other side. Uh, I feel like he doesn't quite get 1,000 yards. So for me, it's an oh, under.
0: Keandre Lambert-Smith?
1: Yes. Yes. KLS. Uh, so – for me personally, Parker Washington doesn't hit over a thousand. Is it possible? Yes. I know this is very close to call. Some people don't want to take it, but for me, I have to hold myself accountable. It was being the Mitchell Tinsley guy. So I smash the under and I put him in my flex plays because I have to put money on where my mouth is. So I for me, it, I it was an under. So but for most people, I wouldn't recommend probably putting him in your flex play. But for me, you'll see where he is. But this for me holding myself
0: accountable that I am the Mitchell Tinsley uh hype train guy. So that's just me. All right, let's hit these last two guys. They're pretty much, it, the reasoning is the same. And <laughs> yeah. we're laughing at both of these. Randy, Brandon, we're going to laugh yeah. again. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State, over under of 906.5 receiving yards. Jermaine Burton, wide receiver out of Alabama, 889.5 receiving yards. That's criminally low on both of those guys. Oh my gosh, yes. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a starting outside wide receiver for Ohio State this year, that's a ticket straight to a thousand yard regular season right there. Jermaine Burton's going to be one of the starting outside wide receivers for Alabama this year, once again likely a, and he's it, and he's also a speedster. That's going to be a ticket to a thousand yard season right there, especially if they're going to throw the ball around a ton this year, and if they're going to be as efficient as they are this year, I think this is an easy smash of the over for both of these guys. I I won't hear any arguments against.
1: <laughs> no, oh my gosh, the, this is criminally under. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Price Picks does their thing, right? Uh, but these are easy wins for me. Uh, these are ones where I put them easily in my wide receiver ones that I took the overs on and my other uh, flex play. So these are easy wins for me, guys. Uh, if you don't see it, then I don't know what to tell you because these guys are as uh, uh, if no if marvin harrison was in another offense he'd easily be a wide receiver one he's just around a lot of talent but easily a thousand yards in ohio state jermaine burton is a he's a dog he's an alpha Jared will tell you from his time even at georgia he was able to produce when he was on the field this is a wide receiver one i don't know why this doesn't say 1300 yards possibly for for jermaine burton so. Again,
0: like <laughs> the fact that he even couldn't get him to 900 like what it's is ridiculous. that yeah. What is that? I don't know.
1: Same thing with Jameer Gibbs. Maybe there's Alabama hate there with uh being a price fix out of Georgia. So yeah, because like it,
0: you're actually kind of right because like Bryce yeah. Young, thirty six hundred. That's too
1: low. Yeah, I get it, man. You guys won the national championship there in Georgia. Congrats, guys. But come on, man. Show at least some of these players some respect. You're acting like a Georgia fan game.
0: wrote these lines. I don't know. Probably maybe he's an <laughs> maybe. Auburn fan or something like that. It I don't could know. be Auburn.
1: Who <laughs> never knows,
0: dude? Imagine losing your company like so much money based on like pure spite (laughs) spite of a fan base. Gotta love it. Alrighty, let's finish off this show here and everything. We're going to run through our official, like the the ones that we put money down on. So we'll run through mine real quick here. And again, I'm going to hit some of the ones that I thought were the most egregious. Jameer Gibbs, over 901.5 rushing yards. No reason not to expect a running back one at Alabama to easily clear that. Jermaine Burton, number one wide receiver at Alabama this year, over 889.5 receiving yards. Again, easy over for me there. Marvin Harrison Jr., we laughed at that too. Outside wide receiver at Ohio State, over 900 yards. Yes, give me that all day long. Caleb Williams, over 3,010.5 passing yards. He's gone up a little bit since then. He's, got, he's gone up 100, but even so, that's egregious. Um... And then lastly, Sam Hartman, over 3,047.5 passing yards. And these aren't ones that you had to get there early in order to get the value on these. You can still get all five of these right here in this range. I would put this ticket in and just forget about it and watch you count your money later.
1: Yep, exactly I think this is nothing but you might go for for five just like you did in, in the CFU podcast this is uh, definitely a win and it's good to have something that just you can guarantee you have money so now you have something you can use for a deposit for even next year
0: so I think this is an easy win on your end man righty, let's go through yours Brandon so th- those are my five just to recap again Jameer Gibbs Jermaine Burton Marvin Harrison Jr. Caleb Williams Sam Hartman all five of those over alright let's set up yours Brandon here we are also i really apologize to all of the listeners who are listening to the thunder constantly going off right now um normally yeah. i have my full setup and i can keep that kind of stuff out but unfortunately because i'm visiting down here in savannah I didn't bring all my equipment with me so if you're continuously hearing thunder or you're wondering like what the hell is that noise probably the thunderstorm going on outside anyway brandon let's run through your guys here real quick
1: yep uh so Luckily, our storms pass for now. sounds like we might get more coming out of your way eventually. But until the storms hit, we can talk about this lineup as well. Uh, Will Rogers, uh, 4,600 yards. I know it's uh, too close to call for some, but I'm very confident in Will Rogers in Mississippi State. Mike Leach system, I'd smash the over. So for me, it's there as well. Zach Charbonnet was the easy victory for me at running back. I think it was a, uh, an easy over. I'm very confident that he'll hit that as well. Um, Josh Downs, the homer pick, and of course he went well over this uh, prop last year. He's going to be used every which way and easy over for me as well. Parker Washington is my accountability pick as the Mitchell Tinsley guy. I need to hold myself accountable, panel, but that Parker Washington will not go over a 1,000 yards. So do I recommend it to all of you? No, but I am confident in myself and what I've seen from Mitchell Tinsley that this will not happen. So for me, it's a under for Parker Washington. And then finally, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, You know, coming to Oklahoma in that system, he's been well over 3,500 yards when he's completely healthy. I couldn't say no to Dylan Gabriel and watching the good times roll. He's also one of my dynasty quarterbacks, so why not put a little extra incentive to watch Dylan Gabriel play this year? So
0: it's an over for me as well. I would say, again, I like your lineup. I would lean the same way on pretty much all of these guys, uh, except for maybe Will Rogers. But again, I, I voiced my disagreement earlier. But I personally, again, just the way you were talking about some of the guys like Cedric Tillman or Xavier Worthy, I'm surprised you didn't put, I'm really kind of surprised you didn't put either one of those guys in your top five lineup here because they seemed a bit more solidified in your mind of like clear values. What do you think about that? Yeah, I
1: agree. Uh, I did hear on some other shows about you know, people taking them. So I did want to give, you know, just a different fair point. You know, perception to go along with it. Uh and just guys that didn't talk about they did talk about Zach Charbonnet. I did hear that from both Eric and Mike. So that I thought that was really strong argument. So that's why I took Charbonnet personally. For me, I'm always going to take Josh Downs and bet on the bet on the farm with him. And for me, like I said, the Washington pick was just being contrarian and then just sticking to my, you know, being on brand and just being the Mitcheltons the guy. So do I recommend this lineup? No, but I wanted to show you, you know, that there is options out there that are uh, some are an easy smash. Some of them are challenging. So it just kind of depends on what what type, you know, if you want an easy win or if you want to challenge yourself. So it's, that's the
0: best part about prize picking, guys. That's the best part. I'm not going to lie. I might have pooped my pants a little bit on that last lightning did, strike. Did you get that hit was, by lightning? That was close. <laughs> that was close. Oh, uh, boy. Dude, it is, is calming down, down it. right now. I'm looking at the shed <laughs> in the backyard and everything. The doors oh. are just, like, flying open. It Holy is nuts cow. over it's here, It's like a dude. horror movie. Anyway. <laughs> That brings us to the end of our show here, y'all. Really appreciate you guys turning uh, turning in, tuning in. And again, this is a fun, just a relatively long conversation, but again, it gave us an opportunity to really talk about some of these players, how much we like them this upcoming year, who we think just overall in like betting markets is being undervalued, and it is a great little teaser coming up for some of the betting content that brandon chris and ethan will be providing you guys once the season gets started bet on c2c is the new pod and brandon i have y'all decided on what day you will be releasing that during the season or have is it kind of been going back and forth on different ideas
1: yeah, it's been going back and forth. We initially were thinking Friday, but if there's a way that we can get out maybe a day or two earlier than that, there's an option for that as well. It's just a you know talking to the rest of the team and deciding what day fits better for the lineup uh, as far as audio wise, uh, video. It'll be as soon as we can get it you know available and put out for you, so you will get that in video format. Um, all-,
0: all right, sorry about that, guys. Uh, the, as Brandon said to me, the the storm won. Uh, you can definitely still hear it going on in the background. Uh, I got my power knocked out there for a few minutes. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and wrap things up here a little bit. Again, check out Brandon's new pod. Uh, again, it's not out yet. It'll be out probably in the next upcoming weeks. Brandon, you got into week zero episode planned out. I know that's going to be fantastic. And then I'm not going to go through my whole spiel just in case that there are... There is more lightning strikes and more power outages. Uh, but you guys <laughs> know all the stuff to check out here at... Uh, campus of canton uh, for all your CFFs, uh redraft cff dynasty campus of canton league needs we have all of that good jazz here and yeah again we'll appreciate you guys the season's right around the corner as much it's going to be here much quicker than any of us are expecting we only have five more saturdays until the full regular season starts off and like four more saturdays before we get to week zero so like it is really right around the corner can't wait to I can't wait to make more content for you guys in season. Really appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Have a good one.